Welcome to the State of the Lakers show on Dash Radio. This is part two of our postgame show from the Lakers' last preseason game against the Kings. Uh, in this one, we had Mr. Jason Maples and Mr. Vinay Kilawala coming on to bounce around some of the more important topics from the Lakers' preseason. As always, we appreciate your guys' support. This one will air on Monday morning at 7 a.m. Pacific Standard Time on Dash Radio. Thank you guys as always and enjoy. How's it going, man? What's going on with y'all? What's going on, bro? We're doing good. We are happy to be talking to you. What's going on, man? Hey, so I, I have a question, Jason. I, I saw uh, a couple of tweets you put out about how you think the Lakers are going to start out super fast. And I'm kind of feeling the other way. I think they might just go into the play. I'm going to pick them to come out the West. I think they might end up being like a, a four seed or something, though, because it's going to just take a lot of time to jail with all the new moving pieces. Okay, let me let me plead my case here, and then you can tell me <laughs> right, if you think right, I'm crazy. Okay, okay, okay let, me, let me mute. So, <laughs> in, in their first 23 games, they play six teams that I think are going to end up outside of the play-in. And I'm going to try to rip, rip them off the top of my head, and I'm not 100% sure, but it was uh, Golden State, Phoenix, uh, Miami, Portland, and then the Celtics and the Bucks. okay? But the 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 other uh, what's that six out of twenty three what's that seventeen other games their other seventeen are all against play in teams including against several uh, several games against teams like Houston and San Antonio and Oklahoma City who are going to be intentionally losing games or maybe not intentionally on the floor but at least in terms of their upper upper management so the case for the Lakers winning sixty something games and getting the one seed is really simple kinks that have to do with them kind of figuring out how to play with each other are going to be resolved by their super easy early schedule. They could literally lose to all six of those teams, drop an additional two and go 15 and eight. And over that time, they have lots of time to kind of find their rhythm, figure out how to use Russ, get more adapted to the defensive scheme, get guys a little bit more acclimated. Then outside of that, there's one basic stat that is the is the whole foundation of this type of of optimism. When LeBron and AD are on the floor, they've won 78 percent of their regular season games and 75 percent of their playoff games. So there's just a and that's based on, I think, almost 120 games of evidence. So when LeBron and AD are healthy and they're playing, the Lakers just win almost all the time. And anything that might undercut that. They have such an easy schedule to start the season that their record should still be okay. Yes, after that, things are going to get really tough, but hopefully at that point they have a little bit better rhythm and a little bit better understanding of how to win with this particular group. So what do you think? Am I being too optimistic or does that make sense? It, it, it makes sense in a vacuum. I just think it's just um, – it's it, a lot has to go right for that to happen. And, you know, I, I'm one of the people who was on the – Mass side of the, of the Westbrook edition, uh, just because of the the the, the funky fit. Um, I just think I, I think last year I, I I called Utah being the number one. I never would pick Utah to come out the West, but I picked them being number one seed. <laughs> no, I picked them being number one seed because of, of their continuity, and I think mm-hmm. that that has a lot. Mm-hmm. Of, I think I think Utah and Phoenix are going to be the top two seeds because they just they they barely changed their rosters. Right, and they mm-hmm. got everything coming back. They're they're starting off at a at just a square run, keep everything going from last year. Like that's why I think that those are going to be the top two seeds. I'm I'm still picking the Lakers to come out the West. I think they'll figure it out. But sixty something wins with a veteran roster, like I'm factoring in, you know, 
probably 10 or so games missed by LeBron and AD each at, at, at minimum, right? Other guys are a little older. Uh, they are mm-hmm. injuries backed up. So I think uh, I just, I can't see 60 something games. You know, I think like low fifties is a good, uh, a, a good point and then be healthy for the playoffs. And I think that's where they, they should go from there. But 60 sub wins, I, I respect the uh, optimism, brother. I like the glass half. That's, that's the way. To, that's, 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 that's the way to attack life, my man. <laughs> I just I like, what about you, Raj? What do you think, Raj? I think there's like a middle ground from like where uh, where you are, uh, Jason. I have to say, Jason Temp. Now we have two Jasons up here, um, but <laughs> but uh, like I think there's like a middle ground between where you're at and we're like you saw the five thirty eight projections. Did you guys both see that? Where they have us like that was at, outrageous. <laughs> they have us like at forty two and forty. That's just, um, that, that, that that was that was to just strictly get clicks. That, 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 that's all that was. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, uh, had a, yeah. There's some middle ground between there. I don't think this team's gonna run like 65 wins or something like that. I think like a 55 win season is probably what we're looking at. I kind of agree with Maple. There's gonna be some games where LeBron sits. There's gonna be some games probably where Russ sits. You know, so we'll see. Uh, but they should be able to start off great. They have a really really easy schedule early, so they should be able to have like a good kind of lead on the on the first seed if, if they can but i'm not sure how much home court matters to this team but me and jason me and gt jt always talk about it like, like they were they were 21 and 6 last year with ad kind of not being ad for for that whole stretch right right and, and i think and they were still behind utah right even yeah, they were, yeah they were like a game behind the injury, I, I think they were a half game yeah behind. i just i just think like like exactly. utah's just a regular season machine like nobody really game plans for gobert until the playoffs He's like a right. he's a top five defense by himself. You just put him in there. He just wrecks he wrecks the rim in the regular season. Um, mm-hmm. I think Phoenix is just like I said. Phoenix is bringing everybody back. I just like I think I think the third or fourth seed, if the Lakers are third and seed and healthy. Like I'm comfortable with where they are in the playoffs. Like I also think the Warriors are a dark horse. I think it's the conference finals depending on matchup. So I think I just think the West at the top is really going to have really. Good teams. That's all. But I'm still picking the Lakers to come out the way. I just don't know if it'll be a, a number one seed. But I want to ask you guys, Jason, one one more. Th- uh, I heard you guys kind of like you didn't go into it too deeply. But wh- where where are you with with Westbrook thus far? I heard you say some good, some bad. Where where are you guys like just overall with with him? I'm super low on Westbrook right now. Um, to be clear, to be clear, I was with I was with you, Maples, uh, uh, from the start. I. I remember I, I work in real estate. I was holding an open house and I was scrolling through my phone and, uh, and uh, Woj, uh, Woj came out with that tweet with the, uh, 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 with the, the, I think it was Montrez Harrell opting in, if I remember correctly. And then he said, you know, we, uh, uh, this clears the way for the Buddy Heald trade. And I was starting to get super optimistic. I thought it was such an obvious basketball fit. You know what I mean? Just like a, like almost a one man person that could come in and, and change that offensive versatility that we were talking about earlier. And then when the Shams, when the Shams tweet came in about Westbrook, I was, you know, frankly, a little bit like shocked. I could, I like, but in a bad way, I just could, I couldn't believe that the obvious answer was right there in front of them. And they went in this other direction. And then I tried to kind of talk myself into how it could work, you know, for, you know, Hey, LeBron is LeBron is this different level of player that might be able to, you know, with his resume, almost flex Russ into changing in some ways. And, you know, maybe this Frank Vogel culture can reinvigorate his defensive attention and all of that. But here's the reality of the situation, man. Like he, 
he has absolutely horrid shot selection to the point where it's like actually throwing away possessions. And while I don't think it will hurt them necessarily in the regular season, um, because they're so much better than most of the teams are going to play night in and night out. Like, man, like, like, Look at that Bucks Sun series. Like, yeah. if, <laughs> right. if, if the, look at how close it was. So let's say let's say the Bucks had a player on their team that tricked off eight possessions in each game. Right. Like the Bucks are going to lose that series. Right. <laughs> like both, those games are decided by the razor thin margins. And when you go back through Russell Westbrook's career, there are so many examples of that. I was literally just watching the other day the 2014 Western Conference Finals, Game Six, Spurs, Thunder. And, and Westbrook tricked that game off with a, just a handful of mistakes in the fourth quarter um, that, that, that blew an opportunity to send that series to a game seven. And you, you might look at the end and be like, oh, KD missed this open three at the top of the key. But it's like, actually, they should have been up by eight. Right. So but there were these, <laughs> these handful of mistakes. And, like, and, it, and it's one of those things where, like, man, like I, I worry about the hemorrhaged possessions from Westbrook and the impact that can have on a razor thin series with a healthy golden state team or a Brooklyn team that quite frankly, the Lakers need to play absolutely at their peak to be right. right, right. Does that make sense? Yeah. So, mm-hmm. so, so here's kind of uh, what I was thinking. So at first I'm with you. I'm like, hell no, this makes, makes sense. <laughs> so I'm, I'm all the way there. So the more I watch, but I, I'll say this, this is before Westbrook even became a Laker. Um, I was tweeting about how, like the more I watched him, I actually gained some respect for him last year. I think the pendulum had swung too far to the negative on him because, mm-hmm. uh, you know, just the, the, the playoff foibles I, I got you mentioned. But what, what I'll say, he, he brings his hard hat every night. Uh, he has an incredible motor. I think the Lakers could use something like that in regular season because his team does tend to get lazy during regular season games. So I think in that aspect, mm-hmm. Westbrook will help. And I was just trying to think how offensively you make it fit. So to me, Steph, Steph Curry is a... Is a is a Mount Rushmore offensive player in NBA history, like they, just based on what I've saw. Um, mm-hmm. And teams are going to guard rest. They're already guarding Westbrook like they guard Draymond, right? So I'm mm-hmm. thinking to try to maximize rest, like you got to put him in a lot of, like use him as a cutter. I think uh, Raj or Vinay mentioned it tonight about how they did a better job of using him as a cutter uh, mm-hmm. tonight because they're just not guarding him off ball. So you got to move him around. They're not going to guard him. And um, I think just have them initiate a lot of dribble handoff action with like LeBron or even AD to get them going downhill. Just like stuff like that to to like minimize the spacing. I also was happy because I thought that okay, Westbrook, this is for sure. Anthony's going. Anthony Davis is going uh, 85, 90% center, and it looks like that is not going to happen. And that is kind of what worries me. Like this has no chance of working if. AD does not play center the majority of the time. I cannot fathom a DeAndre Jordan, uh, <laughs> Russell Westbrook, and, and AD on the floor at the same time offensively. It's just teams are going to zone, uh, like pay a pack line defense and not guard Russ. Right. Mabel, do you feel differently with how many players are injured, though, now? Like, who would you start, I guess, if you're starting AD at the five? Like who's your who are you playing just with all the guys injured? Because I'm wondering if that's part of this as well. And and you guys are spot on about Russ. We had Roosh on our pod uh, who covers the Rockets, and he and like and uh, and 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 pretty much everything he's saying is kind of coming true, right? Like everything he talked about, the negatives and the positives. Like obviously he brought up both, and Russ has negatives, and they're 
they're very loud, right? Russ doesn't go quietly into the night. Like, his game is loud. It's going to pop off the screen. Like, he misses layups sometimes. Like, that's just what you have to kind of give. And we've, we've all been watching basketball a long time. Like, we know who Russell Westbrook is as a basketball player. And you're trying to fit those skills that he brings that are positives into a championship core in LeBron and AD. And that's what's fascinating about this. Like, Anthony Davis is probably the best big he's ever played with, right? LeBron is, other than KD, LeBron's the best player he's played with. So, like, it, it's interesting to see him try to work as a third option while still trying to be himself. So I, I don't know if it works, but, but I think we're in the really early stages of this. Uh, Vinay, what's up, Ren? I see you up here. Uh, what's up? What's up, Raj? What's up, Jay? Both Jasons. Uh, I, I got an alert to my phone from the Why Not Foundation uh, that you guys are talking about, Russ. Uh, so I, I, I had to jump on and uh, defend his honor. No, but um, no, I, th- I think you guys are, are bringing up some, some pretty good points. Um, I thought he looked really good at the start of the game today. Uh, yeah. it, it, it almost seemed as though, you know, maybe they watched some film from the past couple of games and they saw how people, how teams were starting off games playing off of him. And so he was attacking a little bit earlier. Uh, and then they started kind of not doing that anymore. Like the, then, then the lane opened up for Braun a little bit more and stuff like that. So um, I think, I think everybody's conversation about Russ as a player and his deficiencies are fair. Um, but I think one of the things um, that's sort of a silver lining that I've, and you guys know I'm a glass half full guy for pretty much anything. Um, I think one of the silver linings of, of the injuries that have come to like Taylor Horton Tucker, Monk and Ellington and, uh, and to none is mm-hmm. it's actually forcing him to have to play with Braun and AD and, and DJ and, and Dwight and this wonky lineup that he's got with Rondo. And it's actually, it's forcing him to get into a groove um, because if we were playing some of those uh, other guys, he probably doesn't get as many minutes um in the preseason and i think he'll figure it out um i think one of the things that i've been tracking just just watching is the like when he takes his shots like that that was the thing like with russ when he plays with like a very prolific score like kd or paul george like he'll just keep giving him the ball like he he, Mm -hmm. he's not gonna shoot the ball he's not gonna he's not gonna try and um you know carlton banks it or whatever but like when things start falling apart is when he starts trying to force things. And that's when things look really, really bad. Cause you know, he's not that great of a shooter and stuff like that. So I think he hasn't seemed like he's really forced too much outside of those turnovers that he's been forcing, like trying to figure out where people want to capture the ball and, and pass it. So I, I think there's still a part of him that's sort of figuring stuff out. Um, but it's gradually gotten better. Uh, and I, my one prediction was, um, for this season is I wouldn't be surprised if Russ takes the least amount of shots per game than he has in his entire career uh, this season with the Lakers. Well, that better happen. (laughs) (laughs) No, no, but no, you know, speaking to what, to what Vinay just said, I thought the preseason adjustment that Russ made from game to game is the first few games he was attacking with the specific intent to pass. Mm -hmm. And people weren't guarding him and scoring. I think the adjustment tonight was he was like, I'm going to score this. And it just made him much more effective. So I will say that, like, the game, that's the adjustment he's made that I've seen just in two preseason games. So I think that's a good thing. He had a couple of possessions where he bullied his way all the way to the rim early and mm-hmm. got layups. And that's, that's that matchup attacking mentality that I'd like to see him weaponize against teams like Golden State and Brooklyn, you know, in those specific matchups. Uh, Maples, you had mentioned, and this is something you've been harping on this entire offseason, about how, you know, with Westbrook, you need AD at the five 
in order to have the um, uh, the space for him to be able to operate. I think you could say that about a bunch of these specific lineups. Like, I think Russ's minutes should be in single big lineups. You know, either put him with just Dwight and LeBron or put him with Anthony Davis, but never with both Anthony Davis and Dwight or Anthony Davis and DeAndre Jordan. And the same goes for a lot of these guys in these different roles, right? Like, I like Anthony Davis. If you're going to play Anthony Davis by himself, I'd rather have him play with a big because at that point, you know, uh, the without Russ and LeBron, I almost want to just be this big, physically freakish, you know, imposing team. Or with Carmelo Anthony, like I don't think Carmelo Anthony should ever play with Dwight or with LeBron uh, as the only front court partner. I would only play Carmelo Anthony with Anthony Davis. So that the total defensive floor of the lineup is high enough to kind of compensate for some of those shortcomings. Like those are the kinds of things that I would look at. Like I'd like to see a lot more Wayne Ellington and Monk in minutes with LeBron, someone who's going to actively hunt them, you know, as a, as a passer. Like those are the, 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 those little intricacies of the lineups and the way they mix. Those are the things that I'd like to see because Raj and I, and I'm sure you feel the same way Maples and Vinay, like we were never, like AD should only play the five. That's never what our opinion was. It was that the, the yeah, yeah, you 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 haven't you haven't seen the group chat being maples or Jason, before you continue, I just real quick, real quick. The one season AD played majority central, seventy five games. I think he played like seventy five eighty percent of his minute at center. He was 29 and 10, 29 and 13 or something like something ridiculous like that. He was first team, all everything. And that was when the conversation started. Hey, this guy can be the best player in the world. Mm-hmm. Like when he that one year he was played that with Rondo? That it was just absolutely was that with Rondo? Yeah, with, point guard? with Rondo. Yep. Yeah. That, like and that so, one year he plays. Mm-hmm. I it's a personnel thing for me though, because I I I agree that the majority of his minutes should be at center. However, I think Dwight and AD present a really interesting matchup problems for other teams. So from that standpoint, as an audible, I like the idea of playing, you know, if it were up to me about a third of the minutes, I think it's going to end up being closer to half um, with the way that Frank wants to play. But I would like the idea of a third of the minutes putting AD with Dwight or AD with DeAndre because it really does just scare the hell out of other teams in terms of the size. And it throws a weird wrench into the the flow of the game that keeps teams off balance and keeps them out of rhythm. You know what I mean? I do like that. So here's my thing with that. My fault. Here's my thing with that, Jake. I'm looking through a playoff lens, right? So let's say second round of the playoffs, like, so Phoenix, they go like Aiden, Crowder, Bridges, then Booker and CP3, right? So it's just like I don't know how you play you can't, no. the white the white AD that or right. So or let's go even Warriors. Like so you go they go, let's say Clay comes back, he's seventy percent of himself, right? So they go, you know, Draymond, Clay, Poole, Steph, you know, and Wiggins, right? It's like how how do you, you know what I'm saying? So I'm just thinking it's like deep into the playoffs, I just can't see how that lineup? Why over the season? Like, sure, go to get against Orlando or wasn't that on uh, NBA TV? What the hell? Go for it. Uh, but it, it, against good teams, I just can't see how that lineup is viable. The way these teams play basketball, the way the good teams and, play. At and least, I, just just one thing to just to add to Jason's point. So this is a, this is a discussion that we had in the off season uh, mm-hmm. with with Kings in, in a group chat. 
Like it, it, so in today's game in, in Sacramento, you saw them run a three guard lineup and like, you know, obviously most of our guards are hurt, so we can't really run a three guard lineup like that. So we got to run like Reeves, Russ and Rondo. So, which is not ideal, obviously, mm-hmm. but mm-hmm. I think, I think the, the concerning trend for me for the, as it relates to the Lakers is that when teams see the Lakers go big um, with, with two big specifically 80 at the four and whoever at the five, they try to actually go in the opposite direction to speed the game up to a point where the Lakers have to eventually make a switch. And like, if you watch the Phoenix preseason game, there's a play where AD makes a layup right at the rim. Like they almost give it to him. Like they're, they're not going to stop him, but they, they outlet the ball so fast that 80, 80 and the other big are, are way behind the play. So they're setting up a, an open corner three, which is what they like to do early in transition. And my concern is, is that, if the Lakers in the regular season fall in love with playing two bigs and they try to try to do that into the playoffs in, in the playoffs, it's, you know, you got to win a game. It's a best of best of four or sorry, best of seven and stuff like that. So our margin of error is not, Hey, we can afford to punt the game. So like you can't wait a whole game to make that adjustment later. And my concern is, is that the Lakers, they try to do this too big thing. Teams are going to keep doing that. They're going to keep trying to speed the game up. And the only way that two bigs works against a speed lineup is if you're making layups every single time. And if mm-hmm. AD is not making layups or, or Dwight or, D, or DJ, whoever it is, if they're not making layups at the rim, there's no way that ball is getting stopped. You know what I mean? It's not, it's not doing anything to the other team's defense. So that, that's my concern. If it, it's a game of styles that I'm concerned about. But we saw that lineup, mm-hmm. that lineup not play, right? When it mattered in the playoffs, I guess, like, Vogel is a counter puncher, I think. Like, he does like to kind of do with what he likes in the first game, right? He's going to go to that too big lineup in the regular season. Like, we're ready, have to be ready for it. And in the playoffs, he's going to go to it a few times. That's just what he likes. His defensive philosophy is that he likes two bigs at the rim. And, uh, and then he'll counter if he has to. And we saw that he will, right? We saw AD start the five a bunch. We saw JaVale get bunched, get benched, Dwight get benched. I think it works if you have a, like, do you guys agree? It works if you have, like, a non-shooting center. Right, like I think it, DJ looked okay tonight a lot because Rashawn Holmes is kind of the center and Alex Land is the center, and you can kind of get away with that. Aiton's a tough matchup. He's just kind of a scoring big, but I think that's why it works, and I think those are the kind of games that go with it, uh, Benet and Jason. Uh, I feel like we won't see it when it matters, I guess. like These are inning eaters for AD, and it, it is some kind of mental thing for him. It obviously matters to him. You could tell the way he talks about playing at five. You could tell the way he talks about it in a way like, yeah, all right, I guess I'll do it. You know what I mean? Like, you could tell he just you – could, you could tell it's just – it's not something that he prefers. And this is a superstar-driven league. Superstars get what they want. If AD doesn't want to play center for a majority of his minutes in the regular season, he's not going to, no matter what we think, no matter how washed DeAndre Jordan is. Uh, it's just what we're going to see. And I, I think I think – I think you'll see him play the five when it matters, and I think that's what's important here. Maples is going to terrorize Lakers Twitter if he if he keeps playing the four all season. I think I think no, no, I'm not like seriously, seriously. I I I've I've gotten much better with my chastising. And I just want to say no. I do. I, I plan to be much more pleasant. I plan to be much more pleasant this year. I, well, we we have we need we need a little bit more Maples optimism. I I, th- I think we could all get get on the same page there. Um, I'm just kidding. Anyway, the, I think it's matchup specific. Like you, mm-hmm. you brought up two, you brought up two teams, Maples, that I think are interesting. You know, I, I disagree with you about Phoenix. I think, I think Phoenix is a team. You could occasionally do that to mix it up when they have Crowder and Aiton on the floor. Cause you have Dwight bang with Aiton and then AD's guarding Crowder almost in a, like a roaming role. 
um, you know, giving more space and just kind of trying to disrupt stuff everywhere else on the floor. You know, I think this is one of those things not to get into revisionist history here, but like, <laughs> but like Dwight is Dwight is so much better than Andre Drummond, like so much better than Andre Drummond. True. And, true, and, true. and in retrospect, the Montrez Harrell move made absolutely no sense. If you, if you really look at it and what I, what I kind of look at with this group is returning to something that worked because the truth of the matter is, is in the 2020 playoff run, most of the Dwight minutes worked. There were JaVale mm-hmm. minutes that where he got kind of attacked by Jokic and had some problems, but you know, look at the way Frank handled it. It was like, okay, we're playing, uh, Portland is throwing this weird double center lineup at us. So we're going to ride with Dwight and AD and we're just going to kill him. Uh, uh, then we come into Houston and they're playing five guards and Dwight doesn't see the floor for most of the series. Then we go into the Denver series and all of a sudden Dwight's back involved. And then Dwight actually started some games in the NBA finals and no one really cared because the Lakers were basically in control of every single one of those series. But the reality is, is in that playoff run, AD played the majority of his minutes at center and the Dwight stuff was just a wrinkle. It was a curveball, You know what mm-hmm. I mean? And so that's, that's kind of the way that I look at it is like, if it were up to me and Raj and I have been talking about this all summer, but DJ would never see the floor and Dwight would play his usual 20 something minutes, you know, 20, 19 minutes, whatever it is. And most of those minutes would be without AD, but there would be a couple stretches in each half where the two of them are on the floor and it just confuses the hell out of the other team. Cause they, there's just so much length on the floor that they don't know what to do. The rim is basically shut off. And, and so I, I do you, like it as you, a wrinkle, but you're right. Golden state, golden state would kill two big Laker lineups. Like that just is a terrible decision on any front. Like that makes absolutely no sense. I'm with you. It's, you, think, you, you think the, you think the lineup rotation, the big lineup rotation that they used uh, against golden state in that last preseason lineup. So that, that's what I think that they're going to do. I, they I, are. Think, they're gonna, I think that's what to. they're going to try and run. Yeah. But let me, I want to ask you guys this. Cause like I, I was trying to ask you guys before, so, like, right now, with all our guards and wings hurt, like, I get you want to go 80 at the 5, but who are you playing, I guess? So, like, once that starting lineup is done, so you start maybe Bazemore, and who can you start, I guess, if you want to start Austin Reeves or whoever you want to start? Like, where do you go as a second unit, I guess? Like, once you have – you're playing 80 at the 5 the full time, it's basically Carmelo, you know what I mean? Like, what are you, what are you doing defensively? Like, that's what I worry about. There's, there's – uh, go ahead. So LeBron is your power forward, then is he not? Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Right, yeah. That, that, that's that's what I think. I mean, he that, that's I think that's his. He had a great year defensively when he was healthy last year, just being that backside mm-hmm. roamer, right, playing playing free safety. I think him at the four is like the optimal place to do that. But I understand what you're saying, though. Like uh, all this is moved because of the injury, so I understand Haiti's going to play a lot of power right. forward just because of the lack of bodies at this point. Because I was really looking forward right. to. Ariza playing a lot of that mm-hmm. spot. LeBron mm-hmm. playing a lot of that spot. Like, I was really looking forward to that. But Lakers having super versatile and athletic, uh, you know, much more modern, you know, basketball lineups at their disposal. And hopefully Ariza's able to come back. And then is there any uh, – I know THT's out for a while, but is there any word on, like, Monk? Is it, like, a week or two, they said, if I read it correctly? I believe so. Yeah, I believe I he's so. going to be ready shortly after the start of the season. Yeah, so I know he's not missing, you know, too much time. So like, when everybody's healthy, you know, I I would love, and you know, I'm I'm um, to be honest with you, I'm more worried about Baysmore than I am about Westbrook at this point. Like, we know who Westbrook is. Uh, Baysmore was brought in for a specific skill set, and we haven't seen any of that. 
in preseason, he brought all his bad decision making from Golden State. <laughs> and that, that is, without the jump shot, and that's a little troublesome thus far. So hopefully that changes. Yeah, I, I think I think the four has to be if if you're going to be playing eighty at the five, like one mm-hmm. of one of the most I think one of the most difficult parts for Vogel to figure out is. If AD plays a five, we know that he has a natural tendency just because he's a defensively inclined big. Like he's going to go after blocks. Like he's going to try and take yeah. shots and stuff like that. So there, the vacuum, like this is a basketball thing, right? Like when your big man goes to block a shot, there's a vacuum of space behind them that has to be filled. That whether it's a defensive rebound or whether it's just you know just putting a body in, boxing out on somebody. And I think that's something that the Lakers haven't yet figured out. I, I know it's been mitigated with like Melo. Um, the, the the game where he started, uh, I think next to AD, I think it was I think it was that Warriors game. Like he he did a pretty good job, like just mm-hmm. grabbing rebounds and stuff like that. Like my thing with Braun, you know, I'm doing air quotes. Being the four is I don't, you know, Braun if he wants to can go and grab ten rebounds a game, but is Braun going to grab ten rebounds a game? You know, like that that's that's kind of where my head is at. So it's like if Russ is crashing the glass and AD is challenging shots, like somebody. You know, like Baysmore and and whoever that fourth guy is, it has to be somebody who's going to help him on the boards, help him do like some of that grunt work and stuff like that. And so Melo's fit that role. Ideally, I think it would have to be Ariza because that's kind of what he's that's been his like hallmark. You know, like he's he's a guy who'll do some of that grunt work for you. So that that's the way I see it. Like it has to be somebody who covers up for stuff like defensive rebounding, or else or else Vogel's not going to he's not going to play eighty at the five. He's going to play eighty at the four the entire season if the defensive rebounding is suspect. You're absolutely right about that. They, that's something that uh, Frank has straight up told us. <laughs> like, if we can't get rebounds, we're going to have to go bigger. Um, you know, I think I look at the to Raj's question about you know the bench. There's to me, there's like two bench phases, right? Like, there's the LeBron leaves at that first media t- uh, that first stoppage after the media timeout in the first quarter, and it's going to be Russ and AD, right? And then LeBron is going to come back in, you know, very end of the first quarter, but for the the majority of his stretches with the, to start the second quarter, and it's usually alongside Dwight. So you've got LeBron at the four and Dwight at the five. In terms of who fills in the, 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 the filler spots around that, the way I look at it is give LeBron the challenge. Like if you, it, like LeBron will figure it out. So if like you're, tr- you're struggle, struggling how to figure out how Melo is going to fit, like I'd like to see him with, LeBron, because LeBron will find a way with that group to win those minutes. With the Russ AD minutes at the middle of the, or excuse me, at the end of the first quarter and in the middle of the second quarter when LeBron takes the second rest, those are the minutes where we've got to start looking at, you know, Russ is initiating everything with some, you know, pick and roll with AD and then some post-ups for AD mixed in. So that's where I'd favor shooting. Mm-hmm. And in, in that case, I'd, I'd, I'd show that at least, you know, if the wheels are going to come off with the defense, at least you're scoring to kind of keep up with that. You know, um, I, w- I would that's where I would look to put, you know, Monk and, and Ellington. And yes, it'll be asking a lot for AD to clean up all the defensive mistakes that come from that group. But uh, at that point, I would just be like, at least we're scoring. And LeBron, LeBron, like that's that second phase with LeBron, he's just going to figure it out. Like LeBron minutes are positive. They're just always are going to be. So it's really just about what are you going to do end of the first quarter, middle, second quarter, 
you know, and same thing in the second half when when Russ and AD are on the floor. If that makes sense. No, that that, that makes sense. So I I just have one well, because I don't want to hog everybody, make everybody listen to my voice, uh, so you can bring some <laughs> other speakers up here. Uh, this is one thing that I want to say. Like the one thing I'm probably looking at with this Russ edition is the shot quality that AD and Braun get when Russ is on the floor. Like I know we've talked about spacing and stuff. I like got. But I think one of the things, like, Braun's been kind of messing around in the preseason. He's been, like, turning the ball over, like, doing funny stuff, like, spinning the ball in his hands and stuff like that. But his shot quality, like, the, the way he's scoring, like, how he's getting his points have been so easy to some degree. Like, he's just oh, yeah. running down the court, taking layups. He's, like, he's doing the mid-range stuff a little bit. But it's, like, nothing seems like it's very difficult for him right now. And obviously mm-hmm. that'll change because it'll be regular season. I'm w- and And... AD hasn't been making shots, but his shot quality has been really good. So I'm hoping that like the the ancillary effect or one of the biggest positives from this is that regardless of what Russ looks like and what his stats look like and stuff like that as he figures it out, that the shot quality continues to remain high for those two guys. I think if you're a Lakers fan, that's probably the most important thing that we want to see because if our two stars can get really high shot quality, like eventually those shots will start falling and then the offense will fix itself um, and everything will fall into place. So that that's that's the last thing I got. Uh, and, you know, you guys keep it up, man. It's a wonderful space. Thanks, Vinay. We appreciate you, man, as always. Yeah, I'm out too, man. Appreciate y'all for having me, man. Right, Maples, have a good night, brother. That's all we have for today, guys. Thank you so much for your support, as always. If you missed part of this show on Dash Radio, you can find it on our podcast feed under State of the Lakers. Our next show will be a post game show after. The season opener on Tuesday against Golden State. We're looking forward to it. Again, thanks as always for your support and enjoy the rest of your weekend.